August 26th is our one year. Oh. I was going to ask. We've got to be close. Our, well, I think we recorded before then, but the actual publishing of our first episode was August 26th. Wow. So that's, yay! I'm putting that's it on my calendar. That's exciting, you it's, guys. Happy really anniversary. Happy yeah. anniversary. What's happy pot anniversary. Isn't it paper? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. Isn't is, one of them zinc? Like, what? what is that? Here's a lump of zinc. Happy anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of ones that are just like, they make no, you're like, what? Tin and aluminum. Tin. 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 Yes. I got you yeah. some rental wrap. <laughs> I love you, yeah. honey. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Gen X Stories, a podcast about how the so-called lost generation found itself. We are your hosts, Eve, Courtney, and Chris. Lori is sadly not able to join us today, but we can talk shit about her. <laughs> In this episode, we're talking all about cars. Like, weren't we promised flying ones by now? Remember our first car or learning how to drive? And we may have a few stories about, shall we say, activities in cars. All right, on with the show. Hi, guys. Hello, Eve. Eve. Hi, Courtney. Lori is literally in flight. She has abandoned us. She yeah. abandoned us. I am bereft. I feel lost. Where is our anchor? I Lori, know. We so miss you. We miss you. But she sent notes in between flights. All right. So where the fuck are our flying cars? Weren't we promised more by now? Okay, so I think the billionaires decided instead of doing flying cars, that they would fly into space. The Jeff Bezos thing was hilarious. I mean, it looks like... It looks like... It was a giant flying wang. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't get flying cars. Just good, I think, because we can barely drive from one part to the other part without either having road rage or people throwing shit out their windows. That's very LA of you. (laughs) It's absolutely true. You just drive around and you're confident of the human race and optimism for the future just slowly erodes with each mile on the 134. Oh, or the 10, or the 405. Or the 405, or, yeah. Obviously, you got feelings about now, but what about when you first started driving? How old were each of you? Like, legally? Like, oh, I'll take <laughs> okay. either. In Illinois, you could get your driver's permit where I grew up. I think it was 15 and a half. It's the half's important. The half's important. It wasn't a requirement, but it helped if you were enrolled in driver's ed, and they had that directly with our high school a whole bunch of antiquated equipment to that <laughs> yeah well, okay sort of it was it was a trailer i guess that they <laughs> schlepped around from high school to high school and it, you would sit and they would roll this film in front of you and it include all sort of the tropes that you would hear about in drivers that like the, the kid chasing after the bouncing red ball and deer that run in front of your car and stuff like that and you were supposed to react in real time so like oh here comes the stop sign you're supposed to find a break let's but, just but, clarify you're yeah. in a trailer sitting at a car simulation that's correct yeah so, so i didn't have that. Okay. We didn't so have that either. Like, so I'm just, I'm fascinated by what you're saying because yeah. that actually sounds like fun. It like, was like a video game. I had like boring, like people talking. Slides people and shit. Yeah, we had that too. Our driving instructor was a guy named Mr. Mudge. Of course it was. <laughs> of course it and he, was. He had a lot sort of witticisms. Well, they weren't really witticisms. They were just phrases that were intended to scare the fuck out of new drivers. And he was a, a, a very nice man, but rather humorless, which is, I guess, what you want from a driver's teacher. This is, for instance, the little pods that you sat in. I think they were like a 1963 Chevrolet. So a big over sized steering wheel and they had the speedometer that sort of went from the left horizontally to the right and there was supposed to be feedback and nobody was looking i think it was like this drum in the back that like had everybody's sort of input and after a while we just realized that nobody's looking at this so it was like just try to hit as many things as you could so it was sort of <laughs> it was like grand theft auto back in 1980 uh, i guess this would be three Did they have so. little sound effects like the deer going or uh, you know, like screeching of the wheels 
I don't remember that. I don't remember that, but we had this other thing. And I think this was an unwise choice because the local car dealership would donate X amount of cars to the driver's ed thing. And they would go from school to school and they would set up a sort of a course in our parking lot that you would practice driving. And this was part of your your academic day when you were taking driver's ed. Sometimes you would be with an instructor and sometimes you would not. (laughs) Oh, shit. And the fun part was the not part because we would, uh, you can't get up any real speed in a parking lot. I mean, you could try, but you didn't get in trouble. So we would do things like try to see how long you could drive around this sort of various kind of thing without hitting the brake, which was a lot of fun or not hitting what was your anything. Top speed? Or, what was your top speed? I mean, it was probably 14. <laughs> 14 miles an hour. It's yeah. a very specific number. He looked too. That's very specific. But no, the, the fun part was like, I'm going to see how, how I can go without hitting the brake. And even at 14 miles an hour in some of those old shitty 80s cars with the wheels that were about six inches wide, you could get those wheels squealing if you do a quick left-hand turn or something like that. So it was fun. Nice. This is this is the guy who nailed his toys to the tree. Well, I nailed my friend's toys to the tree. So different thing. <laughs> but did shit. you guys, first of all, did you take driver's ed? I must yes. have. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I I don't remember it, but I remember it was required. Yeah. It's required to get your license in Maryland. Right. I'm just telling you, Eve, it's required. It, it was required, I think, in Pennsylvania. I do not remember how they did it. Now, in, in Pennsylvania, are you required to learn how to throw pennies and soft drinks out the window at other cars? Because that was been my experience driving in Philadelphia. <laughs> Somebody cuts you off. <laughs> Throw a penny, throw a big gulp at somebody. Are you referencing reality bites? Like, what are you talking no, about? No, it's true. Have you ever driven in Philly? That's yes, nuts. we went to school there. It's so, not as bad as Boston, but it's bad. I was going to say. Boston, I'm scared to drive it. And Chris and I lived in the Boston area for grad school. Boston is the fucking worst. And after that, Philadelphia can't hold a fucking candle. Yeah, it feels easy. Boston has rotaries, but nobody knows how to deal with that because it's a circle. You come into a circle. Right, I love roundabouts. They have them down here in the D.C area and and they just nobody knows what the fuck to do why can't they figure this out they go to europe they know how to do it are we just that dumb yes the only thing i remember about driver's ed or getting my license is the place where you went everyone went to get their license for some reason someone convinced me to speed past it Uh, someone Someone, I, is that, are you talking about your inner voice friend or it was, someone it, in the next I, It was one of my BBS boyfriends, not a boyfriend, but a boyfriend. And I guess I was trying to show all of my machismo and I went, fucking stop me. Because of course they're going to stop you because you're speeding past the place where they're going to grant you yay or nay. Gosh, Eve. That was, that's, that's, uh, that's unwise. Unwise. Yeah. Absolutely unwise. unwise. Yeah, Don't listen a, to the voice. Not a good choice. But, but, I, you know, but the I, prefrontal cortex is not fully developed <laughs> to 25. So we'll, we'll give you a whole exactly. pass on that one. Yes. I think that should be our Gen X podcast <laughs> motto, as it were. Just a reminder. <laughs> it's not done until you're 25. That would answer a lot of shit. Hey, what do you tell us that? Talk about it until now. Well, it made a lot, e- things a lot easier, right? I think so, too. I probably still would have done that. Did yeah. you actually get your, like, did you actually go the next day or did they ban you for a month? I, I, I can't remember. I remember that they caught me. I don't think I got a, a, a ticket. I got a talking to. Well. Um, but remember, you met me in college, Court. I always look young. I was this young little blonde thing. Dude, right. You still look 13. I don't know At, what you're doing. Drinking the blood of babies. I don't know. <laughs> so I got out of it because I just sort of blinked and smiled. And, and then I guess I took the test and I passed it. I had to retake my test. 
about 10 years ago. Oh, wow. Like the, the driving test or the, the written test or both? Everything. Oh, okay. Wow. I was one of those girls whose father bought them a car. At I'm six not judging. Yeah, I'm judging. You're yeah. judging. <laughs> but it was, it was Honda Prelude. It was a blue well, Honda. That's a good solid car. Yeah. It was, we well, called it the should, Quaalude. You should probably still, if you took care of that car, you'd still have it. It's probably yeah, what, I, an 80, 84, 85. Yeah, 85 or 80, Yeah, 85. It, it was yeah. an 85 oh. Honda Prelude. And it, my dad turned cars over every five years, no matter what. So I had to give that up when I went to grad school. And I was devastated because that was a great fucking car. I had lots of adventures in that car from, I guess around 15, you can get your permit and then you get your license at 16 in Pennsylvania. But the earlier question you had is like, when did you start driving? So we can sort of qualify all of that by saying that driving legally because it was always oh, legal. You weren't. Oh. Well, I mean, yeah, he, we had a friend who was the guy who had the early birthday and he got his driver's license early. And of course, 15 and 16 year olds not thinking clearly so him just going, yeah, you want to drive my car? <laughs> and so we would. Or you just yeah, quietly back it out of the driveway. If the keys were left there, get around the block, which worked for me. I never got caught. My little brother did because he took my dad's car and left, like went to the, the convenience store and then left all a bunch of cans. Andy rappers in the back. And the, oh my God, not, not yeah. wise. Duh. It's like you go. That was that was part of your birthday. I'm going to get my license. Good. And you're one of your usually dad. Dad would take me. And then he would probably halfway home from the DMV nervously give you the keys <laughs> and say, drive it home. And then he sat there the whole time, like, holy shit, holy shit. Slow down, slow down, <laughs> slow down. You're, you're, you're stopping. You're turning your turn your turn signal on too soon. Things like that, <laughs> just a running commentary. And let's face it, nobody should have their license at 16. Do you nobody. think that's true? Unless you need it and you live like in rural Nebraska or Montana. No. You really? So it. you shouldn't drive in high school? Nope. Oh, okay. Court, how old were you when you first started driving? The minute I could get my learner's permit, I did. So it was sometime yep. when I was 15. Okay. And then you had to have an adult in the car with you or a licensed driver to practice because I took public transportation to school. Oh, so I you needed the car. MTA buses to school. So okay. I couldn't wait to get a license. But in Maryland, you were required to go through driver's ed as part of that process. And you went to these state or county approved programs. Yeah. And after school, you get dropped off and you go and take your notebook and you get the lessons on all the, the laws and everything. And then they'd show these horrific, <laughs> horrific films that I'm scarred for life with the one called Blood Red on the Pavement. Asphalt. Yeah. I red love that asphalt. one. We're like Blood on the like, Asphalt. That's it. Yeah. Red, red asphalt. The opening shot is like a motorcycle crash and the woman has lost her kneecap. So like what? and you're like, and, and I turn to the instructor, I'm like, is this acting? He's like, no, it's a documentary. <laughs> it's a I'm documentary. Sure it was acting, but there was like blood everywhere. And I'm just like, so clearly I'm scarred for life for it. <laughs> Never right a motorcycle. So you do that like every Tuesday, Thursday night for multiple weeks and then you got your certificate and then you could go take your test. Now, Courtney, were, were the, the films that they showed like Blood in the Pavement or whatever it was on the asphalt? Red were those asphalt. Red asphalt. <laughs> One of them being in black and white didn't have as much impact on me. Because well, you needed the color to see the blood. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. That, that could be syrup. I don't know. This could that be could like psycho. <laughs> oh, well, I guess, so I got to ask both of you guys when you yep. first started driving, was it stick shift or automatic? Automatic. Chris? Uh, automatic, but I learned on how to drive stick. Friends had cards with sticks. You wanted yep. to be able to like, if but you did, was... but you didn't learn how to drive stick. No, my parents were not interested, so I learned on my own. With my <laughs> they didn't want to replace four clutches. As the clutches back then on the cars, unless they were Japanese clutches, they sucked. Like you had to ram that son bitch down with your left foot mm. like hard, and the release 
was terrible on it. And one of our friends had a VW bug and it was oh, yeah. oh, stick shift, old so it school. had like, yeah, so it was, you could hear, like you press it really hard and you're like, to get it over. It was great. Now, was I don't know how many years uh, they had it, but they had semi-automatic bugs where it didn't have a clutch, but you'd still have to shift. So you just wait to hear the, <laughs> and then <laughs> kind of thing. But people's first cars were like from the sixties or even older, kids would buy them for 500 bucks and fix them up. But some of them had not just stick shift that they had like three on the trees. Some a, a friend had a truck. I don't even remember what year it was, but it was shifting on the, the, the column, which made it kind of interesting. What's three on a tree? That's the column? That's where the, that's the, where the shifter was. So you'd had, if it's a good thing, this is <laughs> We're doing it visually. <laughs> so imagine like in the old cars where you, you had the shifter on the column, you would actually shift the gears so on the on column. On the column means it's behind the steering wheel. Yeah. I know what the, I know what that on the column no, the tree, for, our, yes. for, our, for our listeners. Yes. Courtney's <laughs> but, just taking my ramblings and making them clearer. There you go. There but, you that, go. but that's true because I, kids these days, kids these days, nobody knows what that looks like. Nobody knew yeah. what a column because everything's down below now. Yep. Jesus. Or it's by touch now. Now they have the kind where you literally just tap it. It will come as no surprise to either of you that I, at this age, I've still mm-hmm. never learned to drive stick ever. And if you don't need to, you don't need to. I, th- I think my parents felt I did not have the manual dexterity, which is probably true. To <laughs> <laughs> deal with the stick shift. Now, was, was this an unwritten sort of assumption and just like, yep, yep, just automatic running. Considering that, that walking became challenging to me because just walking, I would fall down. So <laughs> I guess they figured that the car had to be as dumb proof as possible. <laughs> Oh, now, did they get you like a car like uh, and I'm not I'm just using this as an example, but how they have cell phones that are for older folks that have like three buttons on them, like you can call emergency call your son, or whatever. Yeah. Do you have a car like that that just had like on and or just go? and then stop on it kind of thing. I don't think so. I mean, a Honda Prelude had pretty much all the basic stuff. And Honda makes a very easy car to drive. Yeah. They do. But here's the thing. I had to have a sunroof. Oh my God. It had to. So all my cars have had a sunroof because I like- That's fancy. If that's that's important to you. Yes. (laughs) And it's been my entire life. I've had to have a sunroof in whatever car I'm in. Remember they had the moonroof for a while? It's for it, but when you couldn't get the power or the crank sunroof. Oh, the crank, yes. What the- is the difference between a moonroof and a sunroof? Well, I think originally when they came out, the moonroof was just something that was a piece of glass that you could just sort of tilt up mm. or remove manually. And it was tinted. Sunroof. It was yeah, tinted. And the sunroof, you could actually like lift up and retract. Oh, okay. So, Okay. Yeah. I, I think mine may have been a crank. I don't know. I remember crank sunroofs, but Wait, was it a convertible? Grow- no, Prelude's not convertible. And I wanted to get a convertible for a long time. And then I realized how much I hate the sun. <laughs> so that wouldn't work. The sunroof was a good solution because if you wanted to close it, you could close it. And sure. if you wanted to open it, you could open it. Chris, do you remember what kind of car you drove originally? The first one legally? It was, dad, you think I could get a car, get my <laughs> license? You're going to pay for it? No. And no. <laughs> So I drove my parents' cars. What, what was it? I got to think. My dad was driving Pontiac something, 6,000. And my mom, I think we had a van, like one of those sort of like vans with the captain chairs and things like that. Oh, um, oh that's yeah. that's retro, man. Yeah. I mean, it didn't have like naked ladies spray painted <laughs> on the side. It, was, it wasn't like in the middle of the 70s. This was the 80s. So it was a little bit more respectable. And, Without yeah. the mud flaps with the naked women on it, them? No, it was, just, it was just like a large van, a Ford van with four captain's chairs and then a bench seat way in the back. It was a good car to learn how to drive on. I was going to say, that's that's a challenge. Do you remember what you first drove, Court? Oh, yeah. What was it? We called it the Supernova. Oh, dear God. 
Yes, we had the car that in Spanish means no go. No yeah, because Nova means Nova yeah. means no go. Nova. So my dad's objective was to get the largest possible car with right. the best frame so that I would have protection. Like they, instead of airbags, I had size. Yeah. So this thing was like, it a had boat. two bench seats that had been like, I mean, it's like third time used, by the way. And what year was it, do you think? When it was- I have no idea. Like it probably 78 or something. Like it was yeah. really old, boxy. And he had driven it as a commuter car for years in anticipation of passing it to me. It had blue vinyl two-tone Sweet. seats. Oh, which is right? bad in the summer. Holy shit. And it was, yeah. So like a lot of towels were down uh, <laughs> when you got in the car with your like mini skirt or your shorts. Your on. shorts, your shorts. Your, your, your thighs would like frag. And it was one of these like huge steering wheels. Like you could turn it with your finger. It was so loose, right? (laughs) No power steering on that baby. And it had a metal bumper. So bumpers now are sort of like rubber and take the impact. The bumpers back then were just to like protect the car a little bit. (laughs) And so I would take a um, wire hanger and, and sort of squish it. And I would tuck it under the metal bumper of the car. So if I ever got locked out, which would seem to be more frequent than you would think, I could like whip out the hanger, put that little hook in. Oh, in the, the window. window. And yank it up and open it. Did it have the the little triangle windows at the front that everybody used to flip oh, their cigarettes out of? It just had the big windows. And it, we had to we had to roll the windows ourselves. Like you had to lean across and roll <laughs> the window. If your car was hot, you have to open all the doors, roll the windows down, then get in the car and go. Let's remember the bench <laughs> seats. Like you were going of any speed. Speed. And let's face it, not everybody's wearing seatbelts. You're sliding from the, yeah. the, the driver's side to the passenger side. You don't want to use like an armor all or anything like that. And it makes no. it like Teflon. Just slide I have the right picture. Off. I totally have a picture now of you going really fast, doing your test, sliding on the bench seat. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> I didn't. That was a great car. I love that car. My dad had gotten an old Mercedes. I guess it was in the 70s. It was curvy. So it had the curvy butt and it had the curvy light thingies in the front. It was was one of those beautiful cars that lasted forever. Did you ever get to drive it? Did you ever like sneak to drive it? I don't think I was as bad as you guys. I mean, bad. Not bad. Yeah, we're just being adventurous. We're being the pioneering spirit. So Lori actually said something in her notes, and I have to share this with you. She said her first car had a window taped on with duct tape. It was the right rear window (laughs) and that the brakes squealed like an injured pig. So my parents always knew when I was coming home. (laughs) She also said that her parents bought her a car so she could drive her brother around. That's how she ended up with the car because she had divorced parents. And she's talked about it before that there's an age difference between her and her brother. She's like eight years older, right? Yeah. Do you remember K-cars? Oh yeah, Dodge K-cars. They were terrible. Yep. Terrible. Boxy. You don't remember the K-cars? Courtney's like- I know what you're talking about. They were these boxy- brown things. It was during Iacocca's uh, time. I think it was a response to the oil crisis in oh. uh, in 74. So they okay. came out when everybody had those big giant sort of cars that they drove them. Mm-hmm. So I think they came out as a response to those with more economical cars. Now they were all terrible. Terrible. They're across the board. The only people who made good ones were the Japanese. And then you had a Yugo, which was made in Yugoslavia. Remember that yep. thing? Yep. <laughs> Talk about not safe. I saw one of those. I'm like, that does, that can't be okay. Under Dangerous, terrible. So we either had boats or you had a K car, you had an escort. 
Ford Escort, Taurus. Remember Ford Escort's Taurus? Escort's one of the most well-selling cars, actually. Uh, in, in Europe, they are huge cars. They were uh, out here. They were probably not made as well, but I had a couple of Escorts because they were cheap. They're cheap. And I could drove those some bitches into the ground. And you could just stuff stuff, literally stuff things into there to the point where the springs were not working. So you had no shot. Your nose would be pointing up in the air and it would just be creaking and banging as you're going down the highway. At the time, if you remember, it was 55 miles an hour. Yep. And going to grad school in one of those things. I just want to point out that 55 <laughs> miles an hour going across Pennsylvania is excruciating. <laughs> yes. It's seven and a half hours of. Oh, my right. Because you're coming from Illinois. Oh, oh my God. God. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Pennsylvania is pretty boring. You get Pittsburgh like, and then you get nothing. I, you just want to hope that like you hit a deer or something. So there's something to do. <laughs> it's not as bad as Nebraska or Kansas, but it's pretty bad. So my father switched my car out before grad school. Remember what it was? Do you, what, tell, what, do you know what? It was an Acura. That's the one you gave up. It was up. a black Acura. He remembers. That was a sweet car. So I'm, I've got a question for you guys. What was car culture at your high school? Was there well, we one? Cabriolet rabbit. Oh, God. That Everyone was, had that? that? Was. Yeah, uh, I had the opposite. I have a giant, I had an enormous <laughs> old car. So I was not cool. So what I did had, you do? Did you just like park like someplace and then like put your head down and go to class or did it not I matter? I owned it. I was like, okay. I have a car. I don't have I a, a car. Class. Like people were like, can I get a ride? Can I get a ride? Because no one wanted you to go public transportation. You had a car. I lived a car the street from the high school so there was no need for me to drive to okay. and it would have been one of my parents cars dad was at work and mom usually was at work so there was a lot of walking but we had an auto shop at my high what? school and it was like a class part of like industrial education we had like a wood shop and a steel shop and they would fix a car up every year so there was a lot of a lot of gearheads as it were did either of you buy like a classic car and then try and fix it no chris well is, is an 82 or a 78 volvo considered classic <laughs> I, I'm like, I was just the, happy my car kept going Right. Yeah. I learned how to fix cars. There I, you go. I, I wouldn't say fix them up. I learned how to keep them going. How did you would, learn that? There was a there's something called Chilton manuals and mm-hmm. it was a book and you would go and buy them. Like I, I had for a period of time, I, I like Volvo 240s, which are not fancy cars, but they're tanks. They will go, 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 go. Right. You could fit a four by eight piece of plywood in the back <laughs> of a wagon. And so it's like if you needed to fix them, you get the Chilton book. It would show you all the parts. It would show you what to do and mm-hmm. you would just like you fix it. It's like if you put a new belt on, you fix it. Put new brake pads on, you do it. Change your oil, you just do it. So Because you didn't have computers running the car. Like I knew how to change That's the right. oil. Yep. I knew how to change a tire, yep. like all that stuff. Who taught you that, Court? My dad. So he taught you the basics so you can maintain your car. Exactly. Yeah, the goal you... was that I could be safe if I were on the road. Because we, we didn't have cell phones back then. So like we had AAA, but if your car broke down, how far would you be from a phone, right? Right. right. So like <laughs> he wanted me to have the basics. And yeah. we always had an empty container that was gas appropriate. So if you ran out of gas, you could take that container, walk to a gas station, fill it up Mm. and bring it back and fill up your car. your parents were. Now, yeah. did your, Courtney, did your dad tell you about the pantyhose trick? No. What? Ooh, ooh, ooh. What's a pantyhose trick? In the old days, you always kept, so you kept like old, you always kept, you could replace a belt with pantyhose. The more you know. What? Yeah. Like if your belt fried, you could basically just tie some pantyhose and usually it would keep Sweet. the car going to the next thing. So you could at least run the alternator <laughs> and, and the main fan to That's get to the next. great. To have like antifreeze stuff. Like, so yep. sometimes because they had a mechanical key, so you had to put the key into the lock and turn mm-hmm. it. Oh, yes. But sometimes it would freeze. Mm-hmm. And so you had to have the spray and this thing to inject into it. So it actually turned the, the lock. Right. And yeah. you had two keys. You had a key for the trunk and a key for yep. the door. 
And the door is the one that did the ignition, right? Correct. I remember keys. <laughs> Here we are. 2001. Now we just have fobs. Right. I remember yeah. a key. Yeah, those keys were just, let's be real, they were just for show. If you And some of those old cars, <laughs> literally, when you just take a flathead screwdriver and jam it into the yeah. column and just turn it and the car would turn over. <laughs> They're so easy to hotwire. They were so yeah. easy just to find the ignition and, and bypass it if you really wanted to. Now, so did we, you guys ever, ha, ever have to, because we had to do this in the Midwest, you, you could actually get a heating coil for the engine. So if it was really, really cold, you would plug your heating coil in and it would heat the core of the engine. The oil wouldn't turn to sludge. Oh. Well, we didn't, who didn't have fancy cars, what we would do is you take a 40 watt bulb and <laughs> stick it under. No, seriously. Really? It was really effing cold. It was like 27 below. You plug, get a 40 watt bulb and you'd stick it in your engine compartment and it would keep it warm enough to be able to turn the car over in the morning. Wow. It got cold up in Boston. That's not cold. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. 40 below wind chill is cold. Fair yeah, enough. That, that, you win. You, <laughs> you win. win. Sure. We didn't. You know, it was funny because when I moved out to California, one of the things that I celebrated the most was not ever having to scrape ice off my way yes. ever, right. ever again. Or yes. we or, or warm the car up before you got into it. Like turn it on and then go back inside and then come back out when it was warm right. enough. We did ask uh, some questions in our Facebook group and I thought I would share this really funny one with you about school. Ethan wrote, at my high school, kids with the Trans Am blasting Guns N' Roses and ACDC would do mm. loops around the school. I, of course, drove my parents' Jeep family car and blasted in excess and run DMC. When the devil inside came on, I'd restart the song just before getting to the front entrance of the school so I could recreate the cool movie scene in my head. I should add that, of course, I'd quickly turn down the music if anybody looked at me. Wow. <laughs> when we're talking about school culture and driving yeah, a car, no, I thought that was really funny because I went to an all-girls school, so we didn't do that. It's very telling. Yeah, because if you're like pulling up to the place that people are hanging out, you didn't want to have like a crappy tune going out if you're like pulling up around people or going to school or an event or something you like want to have something kind of hit but that's one that was as a teenager that's an extension of who you are you're trying to first of all reimagine yourself and find yourself do you guys have like a mixtape to drive do you have like driving yes. songs later well, yes. yes okay not, well, if, not first but not first later on. so i want to know what were your driving songs court oh my gosh we listened to omd we listened to whatever the pop hits popular songs were at the time like right. chris has a much like richer deeper is the punk round Right? It was just loud. That's all. Like we, I was just enjoying what was of the moment and um, having a good time. You have OMD if you leave. Like it's like, it's, good song. like it's the best like song to like cruise to. You know? It is. Sure, sure. Like throw on some U2 or whatever. I remember my prelude. I don't think I made the many mixtapes, but I bought the Pretty in Pink soundtrack. Mm. And That's for a good some reason in the car, that soundtrack in the prelude was better than anywhere else in the world. It's just, and and then I left it out. So that's the other thing too. It's like, yeah, you've got to be careful. Like if you leave it out, it melted on the dashboard. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Did you guys do road trips? You felt like yeah. you were free. You felt like you had, free. I mean, the concept of that kind of freedom by having your car and being able to go somewhere with your friends, it was a big deal. Like we would go into DC and just like hang out at the mall, meaning the big grassy area. Yeah. And you just like go have adventure. Or like what was great in Maryland is you could drive to the beach. Oh, right? so yeah. Suddenly you could drive to Ocean right. City or Rehoboth or Bethany Beach and like hang out and you could just go for the day or if someone's family had a place, you could like hang out and yep. do an overnight. It was great. We, yeah. we had so many adventures. It was so much fun. And we had a lot of freedom. And our parents were sort of like, who are you going to be with? Give me the address. Call me when you get there. Right. That's right. Be, be home by, uh, I don't know, 11. We didn't have texting. So they no. were like, literally like, okay, we'll see when you get back versus now right. it's like texting, where are you? Or they have a tracker on your phone so they can see right. where you've driven. Yeah. yeah no, there's 
a, there was a great deal of trust. And then the other big thing is if you had friends who went to college before you did, then you would take Ooh. that trip to college. Yeah. You know, you get like a couple of your pals are like, we're going to U of oh, yeah. I this weekend. And my parents, they know what's going to happen <laughs> down there. They mm-hmm. hope that, that you're not going to be stupid, but they're like, there might be some beer drinking. And there was a lot more freedom about that kind of stuff. It's like, just don't be an asshole and don't be a dipshit. And then the freedom was was given. And, and it was it was not something that was necessarily had to earn. It was like something you were given and then it was taken away if you right. blew it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You were out of the house. It was just one more person they didn't have to deal with. <laughs> Activities after school or something. Yep, like, right. but it suddenly meant that they didn't have to worry about transporting you anywhere. So like, right. it was a win-win for everybody. Yep. Yeah, that's true. I remember when I was supposed to get into school. So it was my senior year of high school and I had a car. They couldn't find me and they, they feared the worst because I applied to Penn. Unlike Courtney, I didn't get in early. I got deferred because I was sick in my beginning of my senior year. So mm-hmm. I had no grades. When they announced who was getting in finally my parents thought that I jumped off a cliff and they literally I think got in their car and drove to all the possible places that I could be because they were terrified that if I did not get in I was done for oh, <laughs> oh my gosh yeah parents. but I but I had taken the car so I think actually what happened was I got my acceptance I got in the car and I drove to the theater to be right. with my friends and I showed them Aww. the acceptance but because you couldn't communicate with your family and no one was home I just left and they were like <gasps> what the <laughs> yeah. Back in the day, we had to like leave a note. Yep. You had to leave a note you were going someplace. Did they trust you more than your friends? Like if you said, hey, I'm driving out with Lisa, would they be like, yeah, no, you can't go with her. <laughs> you can only go if you drive. Uh, th- we, If there was any mishaps, we generally didn't broadcast them. <laughs> to the parents because that would mean that we couldn't drive with that person. This is my friend who had his license before everybody else. He's a very wonderful guy, brilliant guy, terrible driver. Terrible like just, driver. <laughs> and we were in his car and it was a Nova, actually. I think it was a 78 Nova and it had cloth seats and I think it was orange. And we were in the parking lot at the high school and it was in the winter. So it was icy and snowy and he was going too fast and trying to make a very large sort of sweeping left-hand turn. And then he started to slide. Thinking quickly, he slammed on the brakes and started jerking the wheel side to side, which is not what you do. He was not achieving the Tokyo Drift. No, he was not just <laughs> gently turning, tapping the brakes, just, uh, just yeah. pure panic because we weren't going that fast. We had a time to sort of realize this is not going to be good. We're going to hit, we're going to hit something here. <laughs> and we saw this pole sort of coming at us. Oh God. And we just kind of looked at each other and just went, oh shit. And fuck. And then bang. It being one of those big <laughs> heavy cars, not a lot of damage in the car, but I had a big old, and I still have it. It used to be in it within my hairline. Now it's not, but I had this big hunk cut into my top of my forehead and I didn't tell anybody about it. Just they not notice face. the blood coming down well, your face. You know, I, I ran into a door. It's one of those things. He <laughs> <laughs> just like, I was like, I'm not going to tell him that Dan's a horrible. Oh, I just gave him away. That, <laughs> We're that Glenn is a We're terrible gonna... driver. Um, <laughs> Playing hacky sack. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm not going to tell him that, but I was fine. I, I don't you think keep I telling yourself that, Chris. You keep telling <laughs> yourself that, I, Well, here's the we question. Everybody thinks, do you think you're a good driver or an excellent driver? Nobody's going to say bad. I think what I'm good at is that I'm really good at sensing what's going on around me. So like I have a very good sense of my spatial awareness. So I can, I understand that people are behind me at a certain speed in front of me. So like I maneuver very comfortably okay, um, and very smoothly. You notice she didn't answer the question. (laughs) Which, which means, which means if you're eager to get somewhere, you use that skill for evil. (laughs) (laughs) Like what? Like what do you use? How do you use it for evil? You go fast. Oh, because you can, because you can be really nicely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I had a boyfriend one time follow me in the car and he was like, you're nuts. And I was like, no, I was awesome. <laughs> so you're going to give yourself you. a, a good, solid, excellent driver. You're an, yeah. you're an A driver. Okay. I think so. You sound like an asshole, by the way. Sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> if I could be a race driver, I would. Those are my favorite video games. The driving car. So you can yeah, zoom, zoom, zoom. I love driving fast. I have a feeling if she was in one of the simulators, there'd be a lot of dead deer. A what are you talking about? bouncing balls and last time they're going out to get that big red ball. I think I was a good driver, but I don't drive anymore. And our, our listeners may not know this. I have multiple sclerosis. And so it has impacted my right foot. So it's really difficult to drive if you can't move your foot. <laughs> Mm. But before then, I think I was a pretty good driver. I do remember, I guess I was 96 when I came down here to, to D.C. My boyfriend, then husband, then ex-husband, would drag race down Connecticut Avenue. I don't know why. It's the main thoroughfare from Maryland down into D.C. Who was he racing? His friends. And I really wanted to impress them. And at mm. the time I was driving a Durango, which is does not exactly maneuver the same way. I fucking drag raced that thing down Connecticut Avenue, probably about 90, 95 miles an hour Wow! and survived. Never would do it again. So I must have been a good enough driver to do that. I'm imagining like Rebel Without a Cause and Natalie Wood dropping the scarf and you guys going, <laughs> right? Afterwards, he's like, I cannot believe you did that. You right. must have wanted to have sex with you so badly then. Yeah, well. <laughs> Chris hasn't answered the question. Oh, yes. Are you a good driver? Yes, I am. I'm, I'm a good That's solid all he's going to say. <laughs> I'm aware, like of Courtney, of my spatial surroundings. I'm a defensive driver. I always know where people are coming and going. I always keep an eye merging. I know where when people are passing me and I don't let anybody else drive. I'm kind of that guy. We just took a long road trip in an RV, 1100 miles, and uh, I let Liz drive a half a mile of it. <laughs> oh. Now, to be fair, it was it was very windy and the, the steering at the front had about nine inches of play on it. The big thing. So I'm like, what? I've had more experience doing driving trucks and i used to have one a truck license for a period of time were you like that as a kid too terrible drivers we would take chances we would squeal chase each other in cars i'm surprised the police weren't called more often one summer i worked it was like one of the only real jobs i've ever had and i worked at a buick dealership oh my god buick Mazda dealership and part of it was just taking care of cars i worked in the used car part of it and part of my job was i had to take the expensive cars out and drive them once in a while Mm -hmm. so it'd be like you got to take the corvette out and you got to take this at the time buick made a car called the Grand National and it looked like a Regal. It was a black Regal and it was it was like a monster in disguise. <laughs> This oh thing, shit. This thing was one of the fastest road cars that you ever could imagine. It was an automatic. Rut row. Yeah. It went to like zero to 16, like 4.2 seconds. It had, he a knows gov- this. Yeah, it had a governor that shut the engine down, I think at 124 miles an hour, because it shouldn't be going any fast. So I was 19 and they'd be like, take the car out. And it's, are you insane? Those are the first times that I had gone over a hundred miles an hour, which was a lot of fun because it wasn't my nice. car. But I just sold car. cheese. I didn't get to drive fancy cars. You had a much better job. <laughs> well, no, it was shit, a shitty job. That was the only good perk of it. But now there are times that we're shooting stuff out in the desert. And if you've ever been out to the high desert, uh, you get on these back roads and you can see for a good two miles and you're like, Hmm. <laughs> just go Let's see what we could do and just a mid-sized uh, family car now and it's like i'm just gonna see how fast she'll go and it's fun i'm hearing shades of ferris bueller but what's the best story of getting out of a ticket i did get pinched in curryville missouri in a speed trap where it went from it's a back road two lane roads you're going through missouri from columbia and this is a two lane and you go through and it's it's 55 55 55 then 45 oh. then 35 and for about a half a block it's 25 
So 37 and 25 pulled over by Curryville's finest the town population, I think 79. He said, we're going to take you to city hall. It was a trailer. Oh, the police station was a trailer. He's like, well, would you like to pay the ticket? And it was a lot of money when I was in college. And I'm like, um, no, I think, I think I'll come back and I'll see the judge. And he's like, okay, I believe we'll fill out some paperwork at city hall. So we want, he went from one desk in the trailer to another desk. <laughs> and then he said, okay, the judge will be here on Tuesday. I was like, great. I'll come back on Tuesday. He's like, no, you have to stay here until Tuesday. Oh, what? Like, what? Yep. They wouldn't so let I, you leave town? I was going to basically be in, in the pokey. And I said, oh. I said, I'll, I'll, I'll pay the fine. I'll pay the fine. So. That's a total racket. That's yeah. A total racket. You can look at Curryville, Missouri speed trap. Here's an interesting question for you guys, because it came up from Lori's note. Lori says, who else had sex in a car and not only in high school? And she said, stolen moments. I think we need to ask the question, who didn't use the yes, car? I think that's, yes. Come I think, on. Like, that was the whole point. You, you never made a... out in the car. You never made out hey, in the car. I made out in the car. I did not yeah, have sex so in the like, car. I made out in the car. you made out in the car. I mean, come on. But, you, but, but never always, to like, the sex part. Have, that's hard. Once you got to a car, you didn't have to have a hotel room. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> who had their own place back then? I'm going to say, I think I'm, I'm with Courtney. Who hasn't? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll put that to our audience to see if there's anyone else who hasn't. Well, the prelude example. was that didn't have a real big back seat, right? It was it was like a two door that you had to get board. Right? I guess so I had that. But then I had a Jeep and then I had a Durango, baby. Oh, there <laughs> but you I go. think you also had your own living space. Like, I did. Probably, by then yeah. I had my own. Yes. Because you yeah, were on campus. You like you had digs, man. <laughs> you were living large. What Lori told me when we spoke, she's like, it wasn't just high school. She apparently in a recent time has had sex in her car because it's fun. We didn't know Lori was an exhibitionist, but now we do. She said that there's something about getting caught and that the car was a perfect vehicle, literally. Well, for that. Uh, okay. So my next question, how tinted are her windows? And the, uh, then the last question is, has she ever been caught? There are stories amongst our friend group about uh, a couple that have been dating for a long time and they were getting frisky. For some reason, they were parked somewhere and the back door of the car was open and a cop pulled up and shined his flashlight on them as they were in the middle of the deed. And they were like, <gasps> oh my God, turn off the light, turn off the light. Like this cop was just like, yeah, let's teach these teenagers. <gasps> oh, that's awful. I made them get out, get dressed and did the whole takedown thing. It was pretty funny. So they, they dined out on that story for years. You just reminded me, I, I may not have done the deed, but I got caught by a cop in my car with a Do boyfriend. We? For some reason, the bra ended up on the dashboard in the dark in a park and the flashlight came in. And suddenly, and the flashlight landed on the bra. So, so, so my thought is you probably would have had sex if you had not had coitus interruptus by coptus. Coptus interruptus. Right. That's good. It was a park. You just reminded me. And it was in the prelude. Oh, <laughs> isn't that cute? All right. What do you guys drive now as an adult? So you mentioned that you drive a very safe family man car, Chris. What do you drive now? I have a very respectable Passat. I fit in it. That's oh. number one. I need a car that I can put my legs all the way out. We also have a, a little suit. Subaru and an old Land Rover. Oh, you can definitely fit in the Land Rover. Actually, it's more comfortable in Passat. What do you drive right now, Court? We'd have a Prius that we've had forever. And Craig fits in the Highlander. Yeah. It's the same issue. We have two settings for the car. <laughs> Yours right? and his. And his oh. is just all the way back. Like, it doesn't matter. Just like push the car seat all, yep. all the way back. And then he's still like just a little now, cramped. Now, there are times uh, my car is, is the Passat and Liz drives the Subaru. But there are times like I'll be like, I'm going to take your car. And inevitably, she has not moved the seat back. So I <laughs> sit my ass into the car and then turn my knees. And I always 
like just bash the fuck out of my right, right knee getting in. I'm like, yeah, oh, the the worst. that is definitely a thing. So uh, here's the thing I just was thinking about is, is it illegal to have sex in your car in Los Angeles for anybody else? Uh, he looked uh, it up. He looked it up. I just did. And they're saying it can be. Can't. Wait, wait, wait. But what's OK. <laughs> what are the so, qualifiers? Penal code section 647. Money. No, well, at that, that's a different thing. Solicit anyone to engage or in or lewd or dissolute contact in a public place or any place open to the public or excused to expose to public view. Now, again, what if you have tinted windows? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you're parked on a side street where nobody can see you. Well, that would be considered public view if somebody oh. could see you or mm-hmm. can see you, not could see you. I'm not a lawyer. I went to art school. So, but I, I think it's certainly something that we can all, uh, at your next cocktail party or post-COVID gathering. Look who's coming in. Uh, Look who's coming in. Perfect. Did you get my car? Laurie. Hi, Laurie. Hi. Are you having sex in your car? I'm not, but I'm in my car, so that's why I thought I would call. Oh, how delightful. Because it's a car episode. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yay! So it made sense for me to call you from the car. Oh, there you go. You've landed and you're driving home. I'm not going to interrupt your flow. No, 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 because we're talking about you. So it's a perfect time. We want to talk about the sex in the car thing. In your absence of looking shit up, Chris looked up the law for L.A. County for having sex in your car. (laughs) And it can be illegal. It can be illegal. So I don't, you're in San Bernardino, I think. So I don't know if the same rules apply. So, so now we want to know why you have sex in the car and if you've ever gotten caught. Well, let's see. When you're young, it's because that's the only space. The only you place, have. Right. Yep. But when you get older, it's like, are we going to get caught? Can we do it? Are we going to get caught? <laughs> <laughs> it just adds a little thrill. It's very telling about your personality. <laughs> Have you ever been caught? Anything close? Never been caught. Jesus. All right. See, you came at a good time because we were all wondering and I was going to have to like put in the notes and you're going to have to answer later whether you not get caught. We now know. I can't be the only person that's ever done this. We came to the conclusion that it's the question is more who hasn't had sex in a car than who has. Yeah. Yeah. And that was all Courtney who came to that very clear determination. Yes. Right. And I haven't had sex in the car, but right. I was caught by a cop with a bra on the dashboard. That's the closest. You need to have, have make sure that your bras are <laughs> the same, same color as the dashboard, Eve, and you wouldn't have that problem. We see you in the car. What do you drive? We're talking about what we drive now. Oh, I drive a Mitsubishi Outlander Sport. That's a good it's one for little, sex. It's a little, it's a little uh, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, you could be really comfy in the back of that one. Suppose you would. Mm. Is it a stick shift or automatic? Mm. Oh, it's are- automatic, but I learned to drive on a standard H on the column. Oh yeah, we were just talking about that. So you you're like badass in I, terms that's of how learning. I learned. And then my grandpa made me learn how to drive a van. I can drive anything. We <laughs> wanted to know what car they got you when you drove your younger brother around. It was a Ford something, but the back right window was taped on with duct tape (laughs) and the brakes were so bad i mean they were safe but i don't know what it was they squeaked Uh, they weren't they weren't safe. They weren't safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dad would have made sure they were safe. I think he was just sort of going, no, they're fine. <laughs> yeah. No. For like a mile before I got home. So they oh, always awesome. do when I was coming in. I would turn off the car 
and roll into the driveway as low as possible so I would only have to tap the brake. Right. Nice. <laughs> I'm so excited that you decided to join us. I thought I would take a chance and see if you were still on. So, Courtney, you're the only one who has a kid. Did you escape the minivan curse? Yes, we have okay. a SUV. Serves the purpose. They're good to rent, though, when you need the space. But I do have to say, if you have multiple kids, a minivan is a godsend. No, I don't have kids, and so I was curious because I know a lot of people have said that, that once they have kids and they sort of get over the stigma of a right. minivan, the minivan is the best thing that ever happened to them. We heard from somebody that kids these days are waiting to get their licenses and that they're mm. taking Ubers and Lyfts and all that. LA is a driving town, so it may not have changed your behavior, but has that kind of driving servicing made you drive less on your own or no? I, I think that I just don't go out. <laughs> <laughs> I've used it more in Europe, actually, than really? I have here. Yeah. In the past, yeah, I probably, if it was a, if it was around when I was like in Chicago or anything like that, yeah, I probably would use it a lot more because you could go out, you could have a couple of drinks and then you could get just home get safely. home safely. I don't yeah. do that anymore. And then when I lived in New York, it was like, there's taxis. So you right. just basically, you could be out till four in the morning, fall into a cab and just go, uh, Park Slope via the Manhattan Bridge. <laughs> Wake me up when you get to Fourth <laughs> Avenue. What we would do for mom's group, so like <sighs> the moms would get together and go out. We try to get one or two Ubers, depending on where we all live, to like pick us all up. So we get a big one so we could yeah. all get in the car together, go to the restaurant. And it's not that we were like drinking to excess. We just didn't want to think about it, right? Yeah. Maybe one yeah, yeah. cocktail and a bottle of glass of wine or something. And then you could go home and it just made it super easy. You never had to worry about it. It was great. Yep. Yeah. We're hearing about kids not getting their licenses because why would they need it? Because of just that reason that if they well, need a car, they call one, they, they pick it up on their phone. They don't have to talk to a human. They have an app. They get a car. It shows up. Yeah. I have some friends that were trying to find somebody like an Uber service to take their kids to school because of their schedules. Yeah. Oh. And there are things out there like you're putting your seven year old, your 10 year old in a car with somebody you don't know. Seems weird. Some of the schools, you're not allowed to oh. send an unknown driver to pick up from school. They're not going to release your kid to an unknown driver from their campus. That makes sense. So, with a disability, you can get it's only an Uber. It's called a Wave wheelchair accessible vehicle. And this came about because I am not driving, as I mentioned to you guys. I have a right. scooter that I can uh -huh. take a Part. When I was driving, I was driving a Honda Fit. So I could take it apart and put it in the back of the car. But it's a lot of work to do that. And now that I'm not sure. driving, I didn't want to do that in a, in a ride share. And I'm like, there has to be, please, the internet, there has to be a way for someone with a disability to use a ride share. And sure enough, no one talks about it, but there is a, a handicapped service in major cities. They have relationships with vans that are retrofitted. So you either have a side. They open up the door and then they come down with a little ramp and you can take your wheelchair or your scooter inside of it or the back opens up. The back is a little weird because you do feel a little bit like you've been kidnapped because right. because they put you in the back. They put it. They, you're rattling around and they put the, the thing on you and you're strapped in. It's like, well, he can go anywhere he wants because I am a freaking prisoner back here. The side is better because you can get on the little bench seat, but they don't talk about it. And it has to be the same price because you can't charge someone with a disability more than a regular person. And they were right. sued for that. It, it takes a little longer because there's fewer sure. of them, but it made a huge difference for somebody like me. Anyone who's listening who has a disability, if you keep scrolling down on the Uber app, you will see a WAV and that is a wheelchair accessible vehicle. It is worth looking into because you got to advocate for yourself. But it's great to know. And thanks for sharing that. It sounds like for all of us, the fact that we're looking at Lori driving home, cars are a big deal for us. Still. While recording a podcast. By While yes. recording a podcast. But 
but I'm not looking at you, just for the record. So anybody who's listening, I'm paying attention to the road. I'm not paying attention to this. Well, it's just like you're singing along to the radio. That's right. You're listening to people in your car, which is kind of awesome. All right. That is it for us this week. Thank you for listening to Gen X Stories. Drop us a note at hello at genxstories.com and we will do some shout outs on a future episode. You can also subscribe to Gen X Stories on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Instagram at Gen X Stories or join our ever-growing Facebook group where you can tell your story of what you've done in your car. We all have a Gen X story. What's yours? <laughs>